Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including VSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herb Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast, this time featuring the FIAAA Insider. Our guest today is a good friend, Mark Lee. He's the athletic director at Hernando High School in Brooksville, Florida. He's also a member of our FIAAA Board of Directors as the uh, District 5 uh, representative. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me. And uh... It's an honor to be able to speak with, with you about athletics and, and also uh, be able to get the message across to other ADs as well. Oh, well. We're really glad you were able to join us. We know it's a busy time. So let's go and jump right into it. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you uh, grow up? Where'd you go to school and college? And uh, maybe how that uh, first teaching and coaching job, uh, you know, blossomed out of your love of athletics right well uh originally uh, i was born right outside state college pennsylvania uh I was, I was an early child uh they're working on our bell system right now so you get to hear but, uh, i was uh i was an early surprise uh, with, with my parents um and uh we moved to morgantown west virginia when i was little i was like four or five years old so i grew up in mountaineer land which was interesting because i was had the Penn State blood in me and went to West Virginia, which usually, uh, or used to be a huge rivalry. Um, so it was, I was always a Penn State fan, but um, you know, it's Major Harris was probably one of my favorite players, probably my favorite college player of all time. Uh, so that was the only time I rooted against Penn State was when Major was at WVU. Uh, but my, my dad, uh, my dad was always involved from the day I was born. He was playing uh, college football at the time. Uh, then he got into coaching, and uh, so our family has always been involved with with athletics. Um, I went to. Uh, oh, sorry about that. You got you got five minutes to get to class now. No worries. Uh, yeah, um, but no. When we went to uh, Morgantown, I ended up going to uh, Morgantown High School. Uh, same high school that the uh, the Bowden boys went to, Tommy, Terry, and Jeff all went to uh, Morgantown High, as well as Don Knotts. Don Knotts went to uh, my high school as well, <laughs> Old Barney. So uh, played football and baseball there. Uh, then I went to college and played uh, football and baseball. First college I went to was uh, Waynesburg University, just south of Pittsburgh. I was there for two years playing football and baseball, and then. I uh, decided to transfer to a little bit of higher level, um, 
went to Olivet Nazarene University, just south of Chicago. And uh, we're Ben Zobrist. Uh, for those in Major League Baseball, they might know him. Uh, he went to school there uh, after me. He was a tad bit better than what I was playing. Um, but he, uh, he graduated from there. And then I uh, got into the coaching world after college, started off coaching in college, uh, a lot of, mainly small colleges um, throughout the East and the Midwest. And then I got a huge break. Uh, I was a graduate assistant at uh, West Virginia University for a couple years, um, working with tight ends. Um, I was fortunate. It was first time working with tight ends, and the tight ends I worked with, I had one, uh, Anthony Beck, who was a first-round draft pick that made me look really, really good as a coach, and uh, Sean Burton, who uh, played in the NFL for a few years. Uh, but I was able to learn from, from uh, some great coaches. You know, Hall of Famer Don Nealon was the head coach. and. Mm -hmm. Uh, super, super guy, a uh, uh, great coach, but an even better person. Learned a, a great deal off him. Uh, and then, you know, got to work with Daryl Hazel, uh, who was, you know, head coach in college and coached in the NFL for a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I was able to uh, be around some great coaches. Uh, Bill Leg, who's still coaching uh, at the college level and, and many others. So it's been, uh, it's been great uh, with who I've been able to uh, – uh, speak with um, or be able to work with so it, that's I was very fortunate but then also as you know uh, Jake you coached in college so it's uh, you have some um, uh, politics that get involved and and I ran into some of that at some of the small colleges and uh, so I decided to get into high school and coached uh, got my first coaching job at Bartram Trail High School just uh, just south of Jacksonville, and and actually worked for a guy, Daryl Sutherland, who I coached against in college at a small college up in Virginia. So it was one of those small world stories, and um, got into it there, had a great time, and and uh, worked my way around, working up, going up the ladder, was, you know, coaching football, and then really, um, when I got to, I was coaching at Springstead High School, and Bob Levia was uh, our athletic director there, and, and my dad, uh, was an athletic director, and I started looking more into that field. And several years later, now I'm an athletic director at Hernando High School here in Brooksville, Florida. Talk a little bit about that transition from uh, coach to AD. Um, you know, you obviously had an athletic background, but uh, what were some um, some surprises? What were some things maybe that uh, you know didn't surprise you at all about taking on that job? Uh, as opposed to just being a head coach? Well, I think uh, the one thing that I really got to find out from a high school standpoint, and also would go back to some of the small colleges too, uh, that I worked at, I could see where a lot of the similarities were, but, um, and I think a lot of people are seeing it now with, with what we're ex experiencing with the pandemic is, um, you know, how important football gate receipts are. Uh, that is, uh, one of the things I didn't realize um, with how much football is able to pay uh, a lot of bills um, and a lot of those bills don't have to, don't actually pertain to football. Um, so that's, and I know with everything that's going on in the shortened seasons and limited capacity and all that, that's, you know, everyone's dotting your I's, crossing your T's and everyone understands the difference between wants and, and needs right now. Um, and then it's, uh, you know, with coaching, with football, I, you know, 
you know, coach football in college and a couple years of baseball at some of the small colleges I helped out. Um, you know, you just focus on those areas. As AD, it's, you know, you don't just focus on particular sports. You got to focus on the venues, the, you know, the liabilities, the paperwork, uh, and also try to find a way to, to really get into the community, brand your school, uh, fundraising, sponsorships. You know, you try to do everything that you can to get your, to get your school's name out there uh, into the public and into the community and, and try to make, uh, you know, a name for your school and, and really make it a great experience for your uh, student athletes and, and the community. Yeah, there's no question. It's a much more global approach. Um, you, you started to allude to a little bit talking about your, uh, your career. Uh, in our profession, we always uh, stress the importance of leadership and uh, mentoring. Uh, who were some of your mentors uh, growing up, uh, either, you know, coaches you had or, you know, even people that you may have worked with or worked for? Yeah, for me, I, I've, I've been blessed, been around some great coaches. Uh, for me, it was, it was funny. I, I was a quarterback uh, in football and, you know, I caught and played center field in baseball. But whoever says that quarterbacks get babied, uh, obviously they didn't talk to my coaches because I think a lot of it had to deal with my dad being a coach. Uh, and he was coaching in college at a small college when uh, uh, when I was playing in high school. Um, there was definitely no babying, and uh, there was no uh, filter <laughs> that uh, that came out of my coaches, and uh, but which was fine. I, I liked that. I, I think uh, that made me a better player, a better person, and and uh, mentally made me made me tougher. Uh, but my high school coach, Glenn McNew. Um, he uh, was a guy that uh, was like a second father to me. Um, you know, I still talk to him today. Uh, got to learn a great deal from him. And he, he would always find a way to challenge me. And, uh, you know, and like I said, he wouldn't sugarcoat things, which I like. He would tell you straight was on his mind. Um, so that was, you know, a big, yeah, it was a big benefit uh, for me. Um, Coach Neal was, was awesome. Uh, one, getting a, you know, being a small college player and then getting an opportunity to be a GA at a Division One school, especially a school like WVU, that was a, a great opportunity and, and really got to learn from him, you know, a big name like that. And, and uh, he did things the right way, um, always had his door open to talk to you, whether it was football, you know, personal stuff, just life in general. Uh, his past experiences, uh, he was awesome. Um, he was um, very good to talk with. Uh, I know a uh, college coach of mine, uh, Mike Conway uh, at Olivet. Uh, he was a, a player's coach, a very uh, uh, energetic coach, a defensive-minded coach, which was funny being an offensive guy. I got to see, uh, see how uh, uh, when offense never had a good practice, it was just the defense having a bad practice, I guess. So... Um, <laughs> But I got to learn from him. And then, obviously, uh, probably my, my biggest mentor and, and uh, my best friend uh, today would be my dad. Uh, he uh, got to learn a great deal from him. Um, and it was, you know, I actually got to play for him a couple years. And, and that was interesting, um, you know, thinking, because he was actually the offensive coordinator at the first college I went to. And I didn't even, wasn't even planning on going there. And then, uh, but I was, I had my mindset, I was going to play both football and baseball. And, 
you know, at that point in time, that wasn't really looked highly upon. And I was mainly a Division II type prospect. And those Division II schools were, you know, baseball coaches and you can't play football. And a football coach said he couldn't play baseball. So I was like, oh, that's marked that off the list. And, and uh, ended up going to Waynesburg, was there for a couple of years. And, um, you know, it was, it was interesting because it was, uh, it was Coach Lee, it wasn't dad. And uh, he, uh, he would, he jumped my butt a few times. It was needed, but there was times where he would go overboard just to make sure that there wasn't that uh, father-son favoritism. And, let me, and people knew that that wasn't the case. But the hardest thing was, uh, you know, as Coach Lee, I had to bite my tongue. I couldn't say anything back because there was things uh, that uh, would be more painful <laughs> from a physical standpoint with running. But uh, no, it was great. And he was he was always up front and forward with me, and and uh, it was great to, great experience to be able to play for him not only as a coach but also as as your father. And uh, that was. That was times I always cherish is uh, those two years of playing for him. Guys, you're making me uh, remember uh, when I was coaching my son uh, at, at high school, and I remember a couple of rides home. Uh, you know, I was the head coach, and I'd say, uh, "Hey, uh, you know, his name is TJ." I said, "TJ, you know that last set up downs I made you do? You know, that was for the team." And he goes, "Yeah, Dad, I know." So uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, those are, you know, again, great experience. I really enjoyed it as a dad. I think he enjoyed it as a son. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was interesting conversations uh, at times. And now one of the things when I went, because uh, the school was, Waynesburg was about 30 minutes from Morgantown. We still lived in Morgantown. Uh, it was about 30 minutes away. And, uh, you know, I say, I'm staying there on campus. I want to get a college experience. And I think it'll be better for both you and I if I'm not, uh, if I'm not staying at home, but there's times, you know, on weekends, you got to get your laundry washed and get, you know, mom's good home cooked food, uh, cooked food. Uh, we had some very quiet uh, rides uh, sometimes uh, back, especially if, you know, there was a game I might not have played as well as I should have. Uh, there was, there were some quiet times, but then you know how it is. Uh, my dad was always real big with keeping me grounded and, and humble and, uh, I'll never forget in my high school, I had probably my best game in high school. And, uh, and I said, nah, not too bad. A decent day. I like today. He's like, yeah, but you could have done it. If you would have had this right, if you would have made this read correctly, you would have had this happen. And, and uh, I was like, it's just never good enough, is it? But then it was, it was just him. Now, years later, you look back at it. It's like, all he's trying to do is make you be better. Mm-hmm. And you're taking it personal, but he's trying to make you better and, and don't settle for anything less. And, yeah. and I'm, you know, you see that much later on in life, you understand it. And, and I'm very appreciative of it. Yeah, very much those life lessons. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Hernando. Um, what are some things that uh, you think uh, that your coaches, your kids, you know, your, uh, your stakeholders, what are some things that you think they do really, really well uh, from a high school experience and, and maybe what's one thing that uh, you're trying to, you know, make that jump from good to great, you know, do it even better. Yeah. The good thing for us at Hernando high school, we are a true community high school. I mean, it's one of those, you roll the sidewalks are closed down on Fridays. You get to the field, and watch the game. 
Uh, and it, I mean, it's a great high school football atmosphere. Uh, you know, we've had we've had some very successful players uh, go through the ranks here. Uh, you know, we had you know obviously the most notable one here is Jerome Brown. The late Jerome Brown played played high school ball here, and he um, uh, you know went on to Miami and played in the NFL with the with the Eagles with Reggie White, and you know he uh, uh, did an awful lot here. Played all American. Uh, and, and, you know, and it's, there's so much tradition uh, at Hernando, which, which I love. Uh, it's everybody, you know, especially when you're playing well. I mean, you're the, you're the top dog. You're on top of the mountain, the king of the hill. Um, but, you know, there's at some of the other high schools I've been, you don't have that, which you miss. But there's also pressures to it uh, that, you know, there's expectations and standards that are set that, uh, you, you know, you want to be at that level. And, and that, that's good. I like that because I think that helps, uh, helps our student athletes with their character that, you know, that you understand that as an athlete, uh, you're held to a higher standard. Uh, and that doesn't matter if you're at the high school, the college or the professional level, you're going to be held to a higher standard. And uh, people are going to know you. You know, that's why I always tell kids, if you got a regular Joe Schmo that gets caught you know, shoplifting at uh, the Dollar General, uh, you know, there's nothing going to be in the paper. But if it's your star player that gets uh, arrested for chewing a piece of, or not paying for a piece of gum at Dollar General, then that's blown up in, you know, headlines and front page that, you know, star player arrested for shoplifting. And, you know, that's, that's, how it goes you're going to have your benefits you're going to have your your perks but also there's there's going to be things that you know that people are going to look at you uh so that's one thing that's great here though is there's there's big expectations there's standards that are set there's ex you know excellence is something that is preached here and, and expected here and that that's something we want to do and we're good at that and i think one of the things i think that we need to be great and i think this coming from the college atmosphere and being at the college side and seeing how things are done, our facilities uh, aren't where they need to be at right now. It'd be great. And I, I'm sure that's at a lot of places. It's not like, you know, uh, like Nick Saban can say, man, if I, if we had this, it'd be great. And next coach Saban didn't have, you know, 20 of those items at his door the next day. Um, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is uh, a turf field, a turf football field we're trying to get. And, uh, and I know we can get it here, and it's very beneficial. I've done a ton of research on it. Um, and, and it's something that would be a great asset for us, uh, not just school, not just athletic-wise, but also academic-wise with PE. It's, I mean, it's been proven it's safer. You get more usage out of it. And, and then the, during the years of the warranty, you end up saving money on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that we need to do. And, um, you know, with our weight room, I want to really uh, renovate our weight room and make it uh, something that is outshines everybody else. And, you know, like the, the old movie of Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. And I think that's, especially with how our, our guidelines and rules are uh, with, you know, school choice now, uh, that's facilities are such play such a major role in it. And I think that I truly believe if you're really good in athletics, 
you're going to be good in academics too. Um, and that's, that's a study that's been proven at a lot of places uh, where they're high in, in athletics, they're also high in academics because just because of that standard that's set in athletics is also set in academics. And it's our job as administrators, teachers, athletic directors to, to show them, you know, less than, was it less than 3% going to college and less than 1% going to play in professional ball. So you need your academics, whether it's to go into college or to go into, uh, you know, a trade, there, there's something that uh, you got to make sure you got your priorities set and goals set and, and have the right path. And sometimes that's our job to, you know, make sure that they're on the right path to get where uh, we want them to be, to be successful. Oh, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking about facilities, I can certainly echo that. Uh, about a year and a half ago, we were able to, at McClay, uh, completely renovate our uh, weight room. We had a good weight room, uh, but uh, we had, you know, a couple parents step forward and our, my boss stepped forward in a big way. Uh, and I would say, you know, in Leon County, you know, we've got the best weight room around uh, with the exception of Florida State University. You know, we, we just mm -hmm. have a great facility and you can just see it in the kids when they come to PE classes or they come for workouts, you know, they're jacked to come in there and uh, it, it really does make a difference. So good luck with those uh, facility improvements. And well, thank you. Let's go and uh, shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about COVID. Uh, certainly it's had an impact uh, across the country. It's had an impact here in Florida. And we've seen a variety of responses. Uh, some states um, move seasons around, uh, football in the spring. Uh, other states, it's business as usual, you know, let's play. You know, we, we've seen a, a response in our own state here in Florida. We delayed things and now we're, we're sort of kind of back up. Uh, and uh, full disclosure, you know, we're recording this in late August, and this is going to air, you know, uh, a few weeks from now. And things may have changed by then, but mm -hmm. for right now, what's happening in uh, Hernando County? What's happening in Hernando High School? Well, we uh, we will start uh, our first practice uh, for fall sports will be September seventh. We originally had it September fourteenth. Uh, our biggest thing is. Uh, with the SMAC report that we, you know, when it first came out, uh, we wanted to be in school uh, 14 days or two weeks, basically. We wanted to be in school for two weeks to see what would happen before we would start up fall sports. Um, and then, uh, then things started to change around a little bit. So we ended up moving it to September 7th. So that way, um, if we wanted to opt into a state series, we'd be able to do that. Uh, for us, we're we're fortunate with Hernando County and Citrus County. We're we're members of. We started uh, a couple of years ago the Gulf Coast Eight Conference. So it's us eight schools. So we're playing just conference only. Um, originally, how we had it set up was conference only, and then we were going to opt out of the state series originally, and then we were going to have a championship week uh, in regards with football. Uh, and volleyball with all those fall sports would be conference games and we'd have conference tournament championship week. Uh, so that's what we were going to do. And then when some of the changes started happening, we, uh, we talked, we didn't want to go to the 24th to start because we just didn't think that was still uh, would be the best decision for us from a safety standpoint um, to, to get started right away with the numbers where they were at. So we moved it to the 7th, which still made us eligible to be able to opt in to the, to the state series and get 
to get seven games in. Coach Cash, please call extension 400. Coach Cash, extension 400. Uh, but so we did that, and and that's where we that's where we're at. And it's and I tell people I was uh, when when COVID hit, I was put in a a very interesting position. We were on spring break, and uh, a guy that's part of a a company that deals with the state emergency team is a Hernando grad. And uh, long story short, I got to drive uh, box trucks throughout the state of Florida for five months, uh, delivering COVID testing kits, medical supplies, um, hospital type uh, gear. I mean, you name it, uh, we pretty much uh, delivered it, whether it be to Key West, to Pensacola, or up to the Florida Georgia line on 95, uh, we got to do it. And I know uh, I've been there many times. My heart goes out to South Florida, the Miami-Dade area, Broward and all that. That's, that is a different different type of place. And uh, I know people talk about, they, I don't think they, you really understand uh, how bad they were affected and how bad they were hit. And uh, I know we got some of our uh, colleagues from down there uh, uh, with those on the board and, and also with all the other ADs there, um, I couldn't even imagine dealing with, with what they're doing. Cause it was, you looked, if you didn't have a mask on down there, it's, you looked like an alien um, if you didn't have one. And, and I know there was a, a very significant financial penalty if you didn't have, uh, if you weren't wearing a mask and it's, you know, that's some people complain. I say, be very thankful for what you got. Uh, regardless of your situation, because there's somebody else that has a harder or, or is in a tougher situation than what you're in. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, up here in the Panhandle, you know, it was a, a very different world than uh, uh, what South Florida is experiencing. So hopefully by the time this airs, that's, uh, that's changed. Um, another topic that we've been um, asking our athletic directors um, this past spring, uh, in Minneapolis and Atlanta, and then just now just recently in Wisconsin, you know, um, you know, we've seen just a, a laser focus on social issues, social justice. And my question is, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors? What are some things that we can do better uh, with our kids, with our teams, with our communities um, in this area of uh, social awareness? I think the biggest thing is communication and open up lines of communication. Uh, and I know one of the things we're doing here, uh, Renee, I want to bring in, you know, uh, our sheriff. I want him to come in and speak to our kids. Uh, so they know, uh, you know, so they can ask him questions. He can answer and he can ask them questions too. I think it's a situation where you can learn from each other. Uh, the one thing that I, that, that bothers me the most is it's, you know, it's got to be make it a two-way street. So it's everybody has the same expectations, and you know there's equality that goes both ways. And I and I know it's hard. Uh, and, you know, obviously I've never had to deal with some of the things that other you know that other people had to deal with. Um, you know, it's one of our administrators. You know, he's an African American. I've talked with him, and I said, you know, it's I've never been in your shoes, so I don't know how you've been judged or looked at. Um, but I said, you know, we were just talking. I said, but it's, if we have an open community, lines of communication and make it a two-way street with everything, wouldn't that help? 
and says, yeah, that would, but the problem is you got to get both sides. You know, you got to get everybody on the same page and that's the hardest thing to do. So that's, that's the thing as the ADs, uh, you know, for me as an AD, I, I believe you got to, you know, make sure if you see tension building, find a way to diffuse it, pull, you know, if it's two parties, hey, let's, let's talk about this and, and make sure that they see it from both angles. Um, you know, it's, you know, with everything that, that you see and it's, you know, and it seems like anytime something bad happens, um, it's always negative that's brought out instead of, you know, what can we do to fix it? Um, you know, obviously with some of the things that took place, um, you know, you hate seeing that with what happened in Minnesota and even, you know, just the other day up in Wisconsin, you hate seeing that. Um, and then you hear the negative past. Well, I, there's got to be different ways that we can, we can um, try to solve issues. Now, it's like I told, uh, you know, I was talking with our SRO and, uh, you know, he was talking about some of the things uh, that, that he had read and heard about uh, with some of those situations uh, or situations like that. And he said, well, I know this, if a police officer tells me to stop, I'm going to stop. If, you know, a police officer tells me to do something, I'm, I'm going to do it. Um, because I told him, I said, you know, if, if I was ever out in public and a police officer told me to stop or, you know, you know, I'd say I'd put my hands up, out, whatever it goes, I would tell you to put them down. I said, well, that's fine. Yeah, I'll put them down once you tell me, but I want you to say I'm complying. And, uh, and he's like, well, not everyone's like what you see. I said, I get that. But as a person, I don't know. I don't know what, what that individual's mindset might be. Maybe he's going through some personal matters, had a bad day, what, I don't know. I just don't want to be, uh, have a negative end result because of, of their day. Um, but it's, I think that's one, just to open up lines of communication um, and realize that, you know, it's one of the things I say, there's everyone, you know, equality, that's great. Um, and one of the things I, I talk with all of our kids, I say, you know, you have the freedom of choice but with those choices, there might come consequences as well. So, you know, there's, there's the right way to do things and there's the wrong way to do things. Me personally, you know, looting and rioting, that, I don't think that solves anything. Um, those that might have negative feelings towards the people that are looting and rioting, I think you're just strengthening their opinion of it. Um, but I just, uh, I, I hate the, the uh, how we're so divided at times. I, I think it, it could be such a uh, we got we live in a great country. We have freedom. There there's things that uh, a lot of other countries uh, would love to have that we have uh, in in regards with rights and freedoms. I just wish uh, I wish there was a way that we could we could end some of this stuff and all get on the same page and uh, become one. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing, uh, Mark. Um, let's go and shift gears a little bit. What are some of your favorite things about being the athletic director at Hernando? What gets you excited about coming to work each day? Uh, just being able to have the impact uh, on kids. Uh, you know, with, with some of, like a lot of high schools, um, you have a lot of kids that might not have uh, an adult figure or a father figure or someone like that in their life. Uh, you're able to 
to be more than you know a teacher or a coach or an AD. You can be someone that uh, you can be a mentor to them. Where you know they might not go on to college and play ball, but you know ten years later they come. They're married, got kids, and they're having a great life. And you know you might have been able to play some type of role in that. And I, that is uh, that is one of the things that I truly like. Um, as an educator and uh, a person involved with athletics is you get to see so many sides. You get to see, um, you know, how they are at, at school. And what some of the other teachers might not know is as a coach, you get to hear whether you want to hear or you just accidentally hear, you get to hear about some of the things that they go through personally. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things uh, that I truly enjoy and, um, you know, just like this past year, I had a kid uh, that, uh, great kid, works hard. Um, he's out at a junior college out in Kansas and, you know, doesn't come from much, but, you know, always, always willing to help me. And anytime I need to do something, uh, always makes himself available. And, you know, and so when he went and got him a, a little small refrigerator and a microwave for him to go to college, that was like the the best thing ever for them. And I mean, it was good just, just seeing that you get to have a positive impact on some of those kids um, and truly play a role in, in how they're, they're maturing and growing up. No, I don't think there's any other career that uh, allows for that, you know, teaching and coaching. You, you get paid to, you know, uh, hang out with kids and coaches and uh, go to games and, uh, you know, help them uh, have a better life. So that's good right. to hear. Well, Mark, uh, this has just uh, flown by. I've really enjoyed uh, visiting with you, but we're not quite done. Okay. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, you're an experienced AD, and right now I'm going to task you with sending a brand new athletic director out on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you have three things to put in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Mark Lee's athletic director toolbox? Well, the first thing I would recommend uh, is a Google calendar on your phone. Uh, and make sure that you keep that as accurate as can be because uh, you can't just write it down or put it in your head. There are so many things that, that come up. Uh, I remember my first, my first year as an AD, was the first year of a brand new school being built. So I got it from ground zero as my first year as an AD. And luckily I, I was able to work with Bob Levia for a couple of years at Springstead to kind of be his understudy or uh, you know, his protege, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I got to learn from him a little bit. And then also with my dad being an AD, I got to, to get some advice from him. But that Google Calendar was was something. Um, we don't we don't have secretaries either here in, in Hernando County. So that Google Calendar was my secretary and everything. That would be the first thing I would do. So that way you're organized. That is, uh, as an AD, if you are not organized, it is not going to be a very fun job, um, or uh, be tough for you to be very successful if you're not organized. Uh, that would be the first thing uh, that I would do. Um, second thing I would do, make yourself available to the community. Um, get out into the community. 
especially with here at Hernando, if you're at a school like this, that's got a lot of tradition and the, the community is really behind and very supportive. Get out into the community, do things, have your, your student athletes do things out in the community. Um, bring everybody in together as one, be united. Uh, that makes things so much better. Um, and also it's, it's so much more enjoyable. Um, you know, when you have, like here we have a huge parade uh, for homecoming, which probably not gonna happen this year, but which will be sad, but it's, you know, we got the elementary school that's out and, you know, I got, uh, you know, my son, he's, he's gonna be in first grade this year, but last year he got to ride on the, on the, uh, on the truck with us, you know, throwing out candy. And I mean, it's just all, all the kids. I mean, it is, the streets are packed and I'm like, doesn't anybody work during the day? And, but everybody comes out for the, for the parade. And I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we have a huge amount of people, uh, typically non COVID years, uh, you know, for a homecoming, it's, it's jam packed. I mean, it's a great, great atmosphere. Um, and I think as an AD, you get out in the community, make yourself known and they, you show that, that you want things to be successful and, and to be a great experience, you know, that, that will, uh, that will carry a lot, you know, a long way. Um, and the third thing I would say is uh, have a plan, find something that you want to, to kind of put your name to, um, but have a plan that will put your school in what you feel is the best position for success and also in the best position to, to, to get some, some notoriety for your school. Not so much with you, because let's face it, when, when we leave our, our job here as AD at Fernando and any place, at your place, it's, it, sports are still going to go on. They're just going to have a different AD. That's it. So it's, you know, what, uh, uh, you know, I always had a, had a coach that told me, what's your dash? What, when you started the job and what you, when you ended your job, what was that dash? What did you do in between those numbers? And, and I think that's all part of the, the plan that you got to set up. And, you know, it, it could change daily, monthly, yearly, uh, but always have a, make sure you set yourself a plan uh, for your, for what you see and what you want for your school. Well, that's great, great advice. Thanks uh, so much for sharing. Mark, appreciate you being with us. Best of luck uh, as you get ready to reopen and uh, continued success this, uh, this school year. All right, thanks, Jake. I appreciate appreciate the time and wish everybody the best of luck. Stay safe. And for those uh, you know, out in Louisiana, Texas with uh, the hurricane, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers are out to everyone there. And, and hopefully uh, everything gets rebuilt and safer than ever. Oh, absolutely. Appreciate you mentioning that. Well, to our listeners, thanks as always for uh, tuning in. Uh, come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD.